Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm Alice Stockton-Rossini. Join us here every Saturday night at 8 o'clock or listen to our podcast anytime on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Podserve, just to name a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first. Leanna Maestas is an elementary school teacher, and Pam Meyer is a school counselor at a school in New Mexico, and they're joining me on Zoom to talk about how they put their heads together to sniff out a way to help kids deal with their feelings. First, they came up with a feeling friend, and now they've written a book entitled My Feeling Friend, but this goes way beyond your book, right? No, it started with the feeling friend company and the feeling friend tool that we invented, So we were, both have been positively impacted by the power of pure aromatherapy and pure essential oils through aromatherapy. And so Pam had come to me one day and just wanted some way to get it to the kids. How do we use aromatherapy safely with children um, to help with their mood management and emotional regulation? And so it started with that. It started out as a beanbag when we put some oil on so that they could have it at their desk to be able to calm down when they were anxious, but we didn't want it to get on their hands. So, so then we kind of just from there it evolved and we created feeling friend. It's a little plush, I guess. It's a little guy that looks like this. Um, and it has a, a port at the bottom. It's made out of fluff and stuff. And we put pure essential oil on the inside. So as they squeeze and manipulate it all day long, it diffuses out and gives that aromatherapy. Um, so we teach breathing strategies and visualization as well. And that's kind of what the book is about. It's about a little girl named Daisy May who has big feelings. And her parents get her a feeling friend and help her through aromatherapy and breathing strategies and visualization to make better choices with her um, emotions and have healthy coping strategies. How did you guys use aromatherapy? You've always been aromatherapy people? Um, Yeah, for a while though. um, We both got introduced to doTERRA essential oils many years ago. And for our own mental sanity at work with the high stress that we deal with, started using oils, uh, aromatherapy to just help our own emotional regulation at work. Are you working with a special group of children or is this all children? This is all children, everybody. And even though we started it for children, we have teens, adults, everybody who uses the feeling friend tool um, to kind of help with stress and cope with some of those anxiety, stress, the really hard emotions to manage. And so it was always one of Pam's dreams to write a children's book. And once our feeling friend tool kind of took off and we started doing a lot with the community and the schools and um, helping that way, empower people and teaching them, then we started writing a book about it. So you're, the little that little fluffy ball that looks like a little person with eyeballs, a little round ball, because people aren't going to be able to see that. Um, right. you, you started with that. What did you do when you went out to the community? Well, we started it with our home school. So there were some students, this was right during COVID time. So we started just giving them to our school students um, as a way to help with separation, anxiety, and stress, and just the trauma from COVID um, and the power of aromatherapy. So we would use lavender or wild orange and help the students to create positive scent memories um, with their family. So when they're feeling safe, when they're feeling happy, when they're feeling in a good emotional 
um, and physical well-being state of mind, um, using that feeling friend tool and the same smell to kind of trigger memories of happy, safe feelings. And so when they're having a hard time emotionally, we can reintroduce the tool with the same smell, whether it's lavender, orange, whatever oil it might be, to help them kind of calm down and remember that they are safe, that they are loved and that they're okay. And then we can kind of process those feelings that they're having. Did you get any pushback from parents at all? Were they like, yeah, aromatherapy, great. <laughs> or um, did anybody- We don't use it for all of our students. I'll say that. And with the students that we use it with, there's always been a meeting. Health and wellness. Right. At school. Yeah. yeah. So at, we, but at our vendor, when we go to vendor events, we've had just the overall positive reaction yeah. to the aromatherapy and the feeling friends. And so most parents are just wanting some, some kind they're of grateful tool. for a strategy and a tool and something that they can do um, at home. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's funny. Cause I've, I, you know, I've used sense off and on, but never, you know, consistently. And I always wondered, like, do you use different scents for different emotions or do yeah. different people respond differently to different scents? Like is lavender good for one person and you know, not for somebody else? And how do you find out what, what scent is right for you? Basic simplest thing you can say is that the nose knows best. Um, and if you like the way something smells, then it's probably good for you, beneficial for you at that point in time. It's funny because your body chemistry fluctuates and changes throughout the day, throughout the month, throughout the years. And so you might like something at one point in time. And then as your emotional state of mind, your physical state of mind changes, you might not really like the smell all that much, might not appeal to you in such a strong way as something else. So if it smells good, it's probably good to use. Um, but we use lavender and wild orange with the children, um, just as, you know, very basic and they're very versatile and safe for all ages. There's other essential oils out there that you can get and do and all kinds, but it's very simple, very basic. Um, and they have very diverse chemical profiles. So lavender can be very calming and help support comfort and calm state of minds and states of being. Um, orange is citrus. So it's, more uplifting and energizing. Um, so you can kind of have whether the up effect or the down effect, whatever it is that you're looking for. What are some of the big emotions that Daisy experiences? For, well, first of all, how old is Daisy? She's, she, <laughs> we don't specify her age, but um, we're going to say around five or six. So she's a young. Little. So she's just now, you know, that kind of really experiencing those big emotions when they are, um, still learning how to pause, take a deep breath, you know, navigate through difficult emotions, whether it's anger, frustration, feeling sad or anxious, sad. some of those feelings she experiences, also you... feeling overwhelmed. So um, in the beginning of the book, I think one of the first emotions that we introduced Daisy May is having is anger because she's in school, she's in the classroom, she's building a block tower with her friends and one of her peers kicks it over. Yeah. And she's really mad about that. And she starts changing into a dragon. Fire breathing dragon. Fire breathing dragon. You know, and so that's in the book about how, you know, her skin's changing the scales. Some smoke kind of starting to come we'll out of her nose. It's she's personifying how she feels inside that she's going to turn into this huge dragon and just she wants to destroy everything around her. Right. How 
angry and frustrated she's feeling about her experience. And then anxiety is she's at the store. She can't find her mom. It feels like she's in a fishbowl. So you can see her head in a fishbowl with a little fish next to it. And she's searching for the breath and just that panic of like, I can't breathe because I can't find my mom. So she's got some pretty big emotions. And then sad. Dad has to go to work. He said he'd play a game with her, but he gets called into work. She's very sad. And Buddy, her dog, goes through all these with her. (laughs) She's very Buddy's her dog, and and he's in those pictures too. But she's very sad about Dad having to leave. So kind of some of the basic big feelings. So who gives her the feeling friend? Yeah, mom and dad, after she's kind of going through how her big feelings are and how they affect her in such a big way, um, her mom and dad get her feeling friend. And then the next part of the story is about her parents and her working together with the feeling friend, aromatherapy, and the breathing strategies that come with it to help her. And it's really learn better ways to navigate those feelings. It's important to note that in the beginning, you know, mom and dad say it's okay to have big feelings. It's okay to have these feelings. It's just about what kind of choices you make with. And then that's when we start talking about strategies that can help her and empower her to manage those big things. And you incorporate breathing and visualization. Yes. So there's a picture in our book that's illustrated with uh, mom, dad, and Daisy May. Every the whole family's together and they're sitting there. They've got the feeling friend in her hands. They've got the strategies booklet with the four breath strategy showing. So we breathe in through our nose to the count of four and then you hold it for four and then you breathe it out for four and they do that four times. And so that's a breathing strategy just to take a moment to pause. And all the while she's able to smell and breathe in that aromatherapy that she's selected. So that's one of the strategies that we focus on. And then the visualization part is- So then the parents will work with her on visualization. They'll say, what, what's a happy thought? What's a safe safe place, happy thought? And, and she will then close, she closes her eyes and she thinks about what was a happy thought? And that was when they, her and her family went to the park. That's her happy thought. She's remembering that. She's seeing it as a movie in her head. She's visualizing every detail. Uh, parents ask for details. What's going on? Uh, what were we wearing? Was it a hot day? What, you know, yeah. trying to get her to explain some of it. So what were some of the things? So that- she's got little thought bubbles above her head, kind of, you know, capturing little snippets of that memory. So she's um, out on the swings and she's swinging really high and the birds are flying with her and she could feel like she's just about ready to fly away. And um, her and dad are having fun together and tickling and her little brother is squealing like a pig. He's laughing so hard and they've got ice cream because it was so hot outside and she's wearing a big hat. So just some of these feelings and visualizations, things that she can see and remember clearly and trying to attach a scent memory to it. So that and a feeling yeah. at the end, like, can you feel that way now the way you did that, that day, bring that feeling back with the feeling friend and the, and the scent. You started this journey during COVID. So they must, everybody must know you're the aromatherapy people, you know, <laughs> so this book is a, is a natural progression of what you've done. So you've got the little aromatherapy, little fuzzy ball friend. Do you have anything else? Now you have the book. 
So we have a variety of different feeling friends. They all use the safe touch um, application technique with the feeling friend, but we have some that are weighted three and five pounds for that deep pressure grounding sensation that some kids, adults need. And then we also have um, calm boxes. So these little pre-made kits that the kids can use um, out of like a pencil box, but it's got tools inside with the feeling friend. So fidgets, things that they can manipulate, um, touch, feel, rub, and then strategy cards for the breathing strategies in there as well. So it's kind of a portable um, unit. We call it a calm box kit, but parents, teachers, whoever might be, you can refer, you know, and kind of redirect a child to it when they're having a hard time, whether it's frustration, whether it's being sad, whatever it might be, where you can direct them to it. They can fidget, they can kind of work with the breathing strategies in there to kind of calm their body and then redirect them to making better choices or to, you know, talking about what happened and why. Um, and then we also have a YouTube channel with lots of strategies on there. Yeah, we do. So we, we have role-played, modeled all the strategies on the YouTube channel. So everyone has access to that. And we've not done that with younger kids and with teenagers as well. So it's really helpful to be able to see that and how to how to do it. And trying to just give education to the general public, whoever it might be. It could be parents. It could be professionals. It doesn't matter who it is, but just information. There's a lot of what we do every day um, in our professions, but there's a lot that can be beneficial. Um, just so little PSAs, you know, little making sure that, hey, here's a reminder. These are some really good things that you can do at home. You don't have to be a licensed professional to, you know, do this with your kid or to, you know, create a safe space in your home or whatever it might be. How are you making out? People know you. Do you feel like you're getting some traction? A little bit. You know, it's, it takes time to get it out there. <laughs> we launched our business in 2020, right when the pandemic hit every everything and everything shut down. So we've been working steadily and every year we've grown more. We've got more followers, you know, more people who know who we are and what we do. And um, <clears throat> we're continuing to develop more products we're very creative. We've got a couple other people that we work with that just, you know, when we talk to people, when we talk to those parents at vendor events or um, people give us their feedback on what they're using with the feeling friend and how they're doing it, uh, we try to really take that to heart and continue developing products that are going to be beneficial and meeting the needs of children, teens, and adults in all walks of life. And yeah, right, now, you know, <laughs> right now, such a high need for kids. This is just the kind of thing that would be good in an area where, you know, I didn't sleep at all last night because mommy and daddy were fighting and then a man came in and, you know, fired a gun. How do you get to them? Those are our kids. They're all experiencing trauma. They are. It's on, it's on a daily basis that a lot of these kids have gone through trauma or are going through trauma. So yeah. it's, it's, it's a daily occurrence. This is, these are our kids we're working with in the schools. So... Yeah, And that's one of the things that we're really trying to do with the feeling friend um, is if we can trigger trauma, why can't we trigger positive, happy things and emotions and safe feelings? And so by being intentional with yes, teaching, you know, emotional um, regulation strategies, that's important. That's what we do at the feeling friend. Yes, we're teaching um, breathing strategies and and just different ways to be emotionally and mentally and physically regulating our bodies all day long, but also to combat trauma. Right. And, and 
And with aromatherapy and the scent memory, there's science behind that. Yes. So in the back of the book, we have a resource section that is um, one of my favorite parts about it because anybody and everybody needs more information. Um, so we talk about the limbic system and olfaction and how that works with our brain and our body. So our scent is our biggest, our, our five senses, the largest one that is connected to the brain and emotion processing part of our brain, which is why even to this day, we all have scent memories. You smell something and it brings you back to grandma's house or to a time when you were two or whatever it might be. And you have that clear, vivid feeling. Sometimes it's not even um, a, a vision that you can see, but it's a feeling that you get just from a smell and it triggers it immediately in our body. And it's a full body response. And that's because of our limbic system and olfaction. And so we kind of talk about that a little bit as well as visualization, essential oils, what they are, how they work, why they work, and um, the, the breathing strategies, and then how to process and validate feelings with children. So there's a resource section in the back, even though the book itself is catered towards a younger audience, the resource section is good for all ages. I interview so many teachers with so many great ideas, creative ideas, and they care about their kids so much. I mean, you obviously care about your children and you want them to do well. And what do you do like when you're you're trying to work with them and their parents are not capable of working with them? You know, sometimes it's all on you. Yes. Isn't there a network for you guys to to get this information out? I mean, do you make it affordable? Is it something like any school could do? I think you need to go on tour, girls. I think I agree. <laughs> we're trying. We so are trying. Out there. Um, we do have schools within our district that use it. Um, you know, the, their schools, they use activity funds or whatever funds, up, budgets they have. We do, you know, offer book discounts and things like that. So we try to make it as affordable as possible and get it into the hands of as many people as we can. And we also do trainings, yeah. trainings for mental health professionals, for teachers, for, you know, if they do a, a, a bulk order, then we'll do a free training for them virtually or in person and teach them those strategies yeah. on how to work with kids. We did one last year with the New Mexico Department of Health. They have a peer-to-peer program, um, which is predominantly middle and high school students across the state. Um, and they teach each other, it's a peer-to-peer -peer mediation type group and so they teach each other and go to each other with um calm down just you know coping, coping skills yeah. and so we did a training with them and it's like 450 um teenagers they all got their feeling friends. friend and practice the strategies and we still have some of those that'll come and see us at our events and they're like i still have mine i love it it's so great so it just it makes everything that we're trying to do worth it. And we're still working full time. So, you know, we're trying to do as much as we can with the little pockets of time that we have throughout the days and the year. But And we donate, we donate treatment foster care agencies, mental health agencies, as much as we can. As we're bigger, we're going to do more. It's just that we got to start somewhere, but we'll do free trainings for them as well. And we're just, you just, we want to be able to help everyone and really started out with kids and teens but when we do vendor events a lot of adults buy them it's become for everyone honestly um and the strategies work for any age well you know kids who never learn to control their emotions become adults who just they can't seem to find that moment between lashing out 
and holding back long enough yes. to say, let me think about what I'm doing here. You know, like yes. if I punch this guy, I'm going to go to jail. Or if I, you know what I mean? Like, right. Have I learned those skills? Yeah. But, you know, unfortunately, I can also hear in my mind somebody going, aromatherapy. I'm like, I don't need aromatherapy. That who aromatherapy. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's names. Right. right. Just like, mm. I know there's science behind it, but you know, not everybody buys into it. So. Right. And that's the thing, you know, not everybody, like you said, buys into it and not all pure essential oils are created equally. And so some people have had negative experiences with essential oils um, because they weren't using a pure essential and they didn't know they weren't. Um, so we talk a little bit about that in the book on what essential oils are and essential oil safety, because it is important. So there is an education on that part but yeah. a lot of it is you know it's one thing for us to sit here even for you to explain what it is and how it works and everything but it would be a completely different experience if we were to say hey have you ever experienced a feeling friend and put one in your hand that had wild yeah, orange or lavender and that's something totally different so it's about education and it's about experience and some people if they're not ready they're not ready that's yeah. okay yeah. Uh, there's plenty I'm sure that are. And if you're starting with the kids, that's awesome. Where do we find out more about you? On the back of the book, actually, there's a QR code. That's a one-stop shop for everything we have. It's got our website, our YouTube channel, all of our social media. Um, but you can go to feelingfriend.com. That's our website um, for purchasing the Feeling Friend and seeing all the products that we have. Um, and we also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash feeling friend. Um, so that's uh, available for viewers as well. How much is your feeling friend? It depends on which one you get. We have our little minis with little clips. Those are 16. And then we have the originals, which are the handhelds, about the size of your palm. So they're pretty big. Um, and they're 26. The outsides come off. They're machine washable. So you can machine wash and dry the outside. It's safe touch inserts. So you don't, the oils don't get in our hands or anything like that. And then the inserts on the interior can be thrown away and replaced as needed. That's great. Well, you're doing a good thing. We have some older feeling friends that we use to, to to donate and we donate as much as we can as for funds. You know, we need to grow and sponsoring. I think absolutely very to do. Yeah. We need sponsors. But, yes. Can't you get an essential oil sponsor? We're working on nice. nice. <laughs> yeah. Our our ideal goal would be to be able to donate one for every feeling friend purchase. We donate one to a school or a professional, you know, right. mental health agency, anything like that. Study in need. Yeah. Right. CYFD or child protective services. Yeah. Other right. homes, the homes and, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, I was doing therapy with kids after I was doing a school counselor and doing feeling friend. It was like, wow, this is a lot. So I kind of backed off a little bit, but feeling friend is our passion Obviously, being a teacher and a school counselor is extremely important as well. And that's how it all started. But it's that's a balance. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you have it. Have a great day, guys. All, all right. Too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. A construction guy who writes children's books. That's Travis J. France. It took him a while to start publishing The Adventures of Mosby and Bell, but he's on a roll now. And today we're talking about Mosby and Bell. Meet Mr. Bear. So what was the holdup? So I actually started these books 10 years ago um, when our pups were still alive. They've both crossed over the Rainbow Bridge now. Um, but I actually started writing them over 10 years ago, and I sat on them and didn't do anything with them. And I actually went to my wife is an elementary school teacher, and they have a book fair every year. 
And so I volunteered to read to children at the book fair. And as I was reading these books, I said to my wife, I said, you know, I have books sitting at home in the closet that I should publish. And she said, you should. Uh, I started looking for publishers and I found page publishing and I sent them my uh, manuscript of the first book, Mosby and Bell Go to the Lake, about a vacation we took at a lake in central Virginia. And I submitted it to them and they got back to me and said they love to publish it. So that was the first book that came out, Mosby and Bell Go to the Lake. So how many books do you have? The second book now is getting ready to be um, distributed. It's The Adventures of Mosby and Bell. Mosby and Bell Meet Mr. Bear. And so these are all stories that actually happened. Uh, our two Labradors were very adventurous. And we live in the, the rural area of Northern Virginia where there's many bear, many skunks, many coyotes, many foxes. And the one morning they came out and Mr. Bear was in our backyard. <laughs> so I wrote down all the things that happened that day, and I and I started writing stories about them. What happened when these two dogs saw Mr. Bear? So Mr. Bear came around the corner, and Mosby, who is the male, was very adventurous and thought he could take on Mr. Bear. And he started going after Mr. Bear, and the female, Belle, was around the corner and saw Mr. Bear, and she basically ran to the door as fast as she could with her tail between her legs and ran the door and knocked me over coming in the door <laughs> while I'm trying to go out the door and meet my wife to hold on to Mosby because he was about 120 pounds. Oh, my God. And he thought he could take on Mr. Bear. <laughs> <laughs> So that's where that's where the adventure started. Then we finally wrangled him and got him in the house and got the door closed. And Mr. Bear really didn't care about Mosby and Bell. He was going about his business, uh, looking for food, and eventually he passed by the back door and kept on walking. And so I thought I'd put this to the story, and Mosby and Bell can talk to each other, but Mr. and Mrs. cannot hear them talking, but they can understand Mr. and Mrs. You know, I believe so. that. I do believe they know exactly what we're saying. Oh, I, I, I believe so. Because when we finally got Mosby in the door and closed the door, uh, he was not really understanding why we wanted him inside the house. He wanted to go after Mr. Bear. <laughs> and and Bell was sitting there like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go lay down. I don't want any more Mr. Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Who is illustrating your books? Is Paige doing that for you? So Paige Publishing does illustrations, but what they do is I tell them what I want the page to look like, and then they send me pencil copies, and I tell them yes and no, what I don't like, what I want them to change. So it's a process. It goes back and forth for a month or so until they get the illustrations to where I want them to be. And that's on every single book. Now, how many more books after this one? So I have one more coming, Mosbin Bell Meet Mr. Skunk. Oh, geez. Yes, and that is a very funny tale. I had actually had left for work, and my wife was letting them out in the morning. 
and they cornered Mr. Skunk under my daughter's car. Oh, no. And you you can pretty much tell the rest of the story how that went, but they both got sprayed. Oh. And they, yes, they both came in the door smelling like a skunk, and the whole house smelled. Uh, my daughter was in school at that time, and she quick got them into the bathtub, tried to clean them. The whole house smelled like skunk. Um, my, my daughter's clothing smelled like a skunk. It was, it was definitely, uh, a, a, a tale to tell. <laughs> yeah. What did you use to clean them with? Well, they tried tomato juice yes. and, all, and all the things that they say you should use. We actually have found a shampoo. The vet actually had shampoo that helped, but it's just really time is all that helps <laughs> that that house that house smelled like skunk for a week <laughs> or so afterwards and it was a friday morning and that afternoon my wife and i had gone to our son's local high school football game and we were sitting on the bleachers and i could still smell the skunk <laughs> on my wife because it was in her hair it was in her clothing <laughs> And so, so we're actually sitting in the stand at the football game, and people could smell the skunk on my wife's clothing yet. That's how bad it was. Well, how about how the bathroom looks after you try to give two large dogs a bath in tomato juice? It looks like there was a murder. It it, it, it was a mess. (laughs) My my daughter actually stayed home from she was going to college. Yeah, she stayed home because she smelled so bad from it. (laughs) So we 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 were actually airing the house out. All the windows were open. All the doors were open to try and air the house out. So it's three books. That's it, or are there more? So my wife's encouraging me to do an, a fourth book. Uh, I haven't written anything down yet, but I have other adventures that they have gotten into. Bell had actually gotten into a bee's nest. Oh, out in our horse pasture. And she actually had come in the house with bees on her body, trying to trying to sting her. And of course, she ran in the house that they weren't stinging her because her hair was so thick, but they were trying to. But then, of course, the bees started flying off of her into the house and were flying around the house. And my wife's swatting at them. So that's that's another. That's probably the book number four. All right, so you basically had three books in the can for 10 years. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Now, are you going to read these books at the book fair from now on? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, the the librarian um, at my wife's school, it's an elementary school, she has been after me to come and read to the children. I just have, in my schedule, have not had a chance to get there when it was good for the school and for myself. You are so lucky because I know children's book writers who can't get into a school. They don't, you know, you really need somebody who's working in the school to, to get yes. to the kids or you need to get to the local library and try to get the kids in there. So you're really in a good position. Do you find when you read at the book fairs and you read to kids in school, does that, does that help you sell books? It, it does. It does because they go home and tell their parents yeah. that they want that book. And, and of course, when I sit there, so many more stories come out from the, from the kids 
they all they all want to talk about their story of their animals and their pets at home um and and they they all love love mosby and bell and i've actually been encouraged to i have not done it yet but i should be encouraged to market them with some stuffed animals oh yeah to go along to go along with the book right some kind of you know plush animal to go along with the book i have not gotten that far yet that has been brought up many times by many people that would be adorable that would be really cute. That's what my wife said. They said if, if she said if you had little stuffed animals of Mosby and Belle to go along with the book, children always love to have a little animal to hold on to. <laughs> I, you know, I'm wondering uh, with each book, is there a lesson? Do Mosby and Belle learn a lesson? There is, there is, and and, and when Mosby and Belle meet Mister Bear, the lesson is you need to look inside yourself. And realize sometimes there's bigger, there's bigger entities bigger than yourself, and you, you need to let them go. Uh, the first book, Mosby and Bell went to the lake. Um, that was togetherness with the family. They spent time on the lake together, and Mosby loved going in the in the canoes on the lake, and it was it was togetherness time for the whole family to get away and spend time together. Yes. When I wrote these books, my, my kids, it was 10 years ago. My I have twin boys who are both 23 now, uh, so they were 13. My daughter's 27, so she was 17. Um, of course, they're all grown up now, but uh, I, I wanted to include them in the book also, so they could be a part of it. That's great. Really enjoyed talking to you, Travis. Thank you so much. Sure. You have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. A retired dental hygienist from Allerton, Texas, discovered a talent she never knew she had, writing. I found Carmen Jewell waiting for a norther to swing through Texas when I called to talk about her book, I Am What I Am. Now, wait a minute. What's a norther? Brings all the nice, nice cold weather. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh. You mean y'all don't have northers in well, New York? We have nor'easters, which are the big well, storms that come, you know, rumbling down the coast. But well, in, we have hurricanes down here. We yeah. don't have, we just have northers, which are, they come from the north, usually from the northwest, and they cool us down. Didn't know that. All right, so how long have you been writing? About two, about two, three, well, I had my first book published in 2021, so about two, three years ago, maybe. What made you do that? Well, the dentist I work for, I had a picture of a, of a turkey that had hatched a chicken egg and it was um, um, the turkey was wandering around and the little chicken was following it. <laughs> she said, oh, that would make a great children's book. So that's how I got started writing children's books. I had it published, but I did not have it published by Page Publish. I had it published by another company. And then I heard page about Page Publishing and I decided I would try Page this time. So that's why I have one that's out by one publisher and then I Am What I Am by Page Publishing. Well, what inspired I Am What I Am? Well, I was out in the chicken yard one day, and I saw this poor chicken, and it had completely molted. They mol go through a molting stage where they lose some of their feathers. They don't always lose all of them. But these chickens had lost all of them. I had four of them, and they were totally naked. They looked like a chicken you would buy in uh, a grocery store, except for the fact they had their feet and their heads 
attached still. <laughs> and they were walking around, but they looked just like they do when they had no feathers. So I just got to thinking, I wonder how, how a chicken would feel if they could just pick out any color feather they wanted. Hmm. And that's where this book came about. So anyway. You are so creative. <laughs> That's what my daughter used to tell me, and I used to think she was nuts, but she said, I don't have any creativity, and then she became a teacher, and she's got all kinds of creativity now, but she said she never had any, so anyway. So how does the book go? It's just a chicken. It really has no name, and what it does, it was the fall, and it was molting, and um, it decided that the temperatures had gotten cooler, and it noticed that it was losing its feathers. And she decided that she wanted to go for a walk and she would see if she could get a coat of new feathers of a different color. So she starts out and she meets all these different birds along the way. She meets a cardinal and she meets a peacock and she meets a flamingo and she meets a um, eagle and none of them will let her have their feathers or tells them tells her that no she should not do it that way and so she's real downtrodden and she walks back to her to the coop and she runs into Mr. Owl who explains to her that she's who she is and she needs to stay who she is because she was given gifts and talents and she needs to use them to make a better place the world a better place with or without feathers gotta be who you are but what she what she really she just didn't want to look like the rest of the flock so she gets back to the chicken house, and the other chickens in the chicken house have got her a muffler, which is, you know, like a uh, – that you put around your neck. Yeah. And it's made up of all the colors of all the birds that she's met. And oh. she wants to know how on earth did they know that she, you know, had met all these birds. And they said, well, because Mr. Al came by and told us, you have to remember you're a chicken. You can't fly. He could get here faster. So anyway, it's just kind of got a little moral about being who you are. And so does she talk about her special talents that she has? Or no, you... no. It's just Mr. Al just was reminding her that she, you know, she doesn't need to be like anybody else. Let me see what I wrote here. She says she wanted a new coat of feathers. I just wanted to be different. And Al replied, you are different. There are no two things in this world that are exactly alike. The color of your feathers, skin, eyes, or anything else is what makes you, you. It is who, it is who you are inside that is important. Every living creature has a purpose on this earth, and some even have gifts and talents. Find yours and make the world a better place. Are you going to do a follow-up book? Can we follow her finding her talents? <laughs> I might have to do it that way. I haven't thought about that, but that's that's probably a good way to to go on with this to see what she finds out that she's what kind of talent she has. Yes, I'll have to think about that one. Are you able to go to your daughter's classroom and read your books? <laughs> I go, believe it or not, I give the schools here with a small town, and we have a consolidated school, so we have three small towns that each have an elementary school. And I take a book to them, and usually I have a follow-up where I go in and I read the book to the children. And then they turn around and ask all kinds of questions, and they'll tell me. And one of them might come up and say, well, maybe they have the talent for this. And then I could pick up on that and go from there. What kind of questions do you get? Well, they'll ask me, how did I come up with my idea? And then, like, the first book I wrote about the turkey, 
it was called Am I a Turkey? And they asked me where I got the idea, and I told them about the little story about the turkey. And then, as it turns out, I never had thought about this, but I'm an adopted child. So it, uh, it kind of related to being adopted or being a foster child or anything else where you're living with a family that's really not, quote, your family to start with. Right. But they love you just the way you are. And that's kind of the way this that first book was. And so I always have some kind of little storyline or some little moral to that story, you know, as I write it. Anyway, my pastor, my minister, she and her husband are selling their house. And she and her husband went to their shed. And they were going through the shed, going through the boxes in the shed. And she was uh, sitting there going through one of the boxes and she looked up, and there was a possum sitting at the edge of the box, staring at her straight on, face to face. She said he was so close, I could have almost touched his nose with mine. And she said he had these little beady eyes, and he was just looking at her, you know. And she said there was a cat, there was a kitten in the shed. And, you know, she was just telling me all the little creatures that were in the shed. And I thought, oh, that's a cute little story, you know. And I just come up with ideas like that. People will come up and, you know. They'll tell me a little story about something that happened with them, and I'll go, oh, I think I can make a book out of that. And I'll sit down and uh, start putting ideas together. And when I sit down and finally write the book, I will sit at my typewriter or my computer, and I can write out the book probably in an hour, hour and a half. And you never knew that you had this ability before? No, I had no idea. I mean, that's really kind of nice to know that you can work a lifetime, retire, and find out that you had a talent you never even knew of. That's right. And people, there's some type of people that think they don't have any types of talents at all, but suddenly it's there, you know. And I never knew I had a ta- talent for writing. I just sat down, like I said, and, and wrote a couple of things. And I've got, I've got another book I've already written uh, called Catnap, and it's about where my cat should take a nap where he likes to take naps. And then I've got another one, uh, like I said, about the critters in the critters in the, in the shed. I, you know, that's kind of another one. So the possum story did inspire me. Yeah. How was your experience with Paige? Did it differ from the experience you had with the other publisher? Yes, it's much different. The other publisher published the book. Uh, they really didn't do anything to promote my book. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So how is it different with Paige? Well, Paige has all these other things that they do for you, just like this interview you and I are doing. But, you know. I know. They give you your own email address. You can do a Zoom. Yeah. they. I, I have to say, they really do try. But uh, listen, thank you so much for talking to me. And um, have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm Alice Stockton Rossini. We hope to see you back here every Saturday night at 8 o'clock or listen to our podcast anytime on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, just to name a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.